Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Big Picture Business Podcast. I'm Dominica. I'm Rory. And today we are going to talk about scheduling for success. Because if you guys have schedules, even a fraction like what Rory and I deal with every single day, you understand the value of really needing to have just your scheduling plan down pat because it can get really out of control. So if it wasn't for certain systems in place and the different strategies that Rory and I use, things just would never get done. <laughs> Truly, I would just throw my hands up and be like, forget it. There's too much to do. I'm walking away. So we're we're going to talk about just really mastering the, the, the scheduling for you know, personal life and business and how that all intertwines. And Rory, you actually brought this topic up because of something that happened with your wife. Is that right? Well, <laughs> yes. This came up because she made a scheduling faux pas, let's say. <laughs> and so I'll explain, but this doesn't have this doesn't have to do so much with your own scheduling. This this is scheduling as a business owner with other people, okay? Mm -hmm. So the reason I wanted to bring this up is because what had ended up happening is she was scheduling an appointment with a client. And she said to that client who was in a completely different time zone, she gave the client was the time zone that she was in, meaning that my wife was in. Super not, common mistake. Yeah, exactly. Not that the client was in. Okay. And what ends up happening? Well, the client doesn't look at my, you know, the the actual time zone. They just see the time. What do they see? Well, what what is it like? Eleven a.m. and they show up at eleven a.m. their time, not your time. <laughs> yeah. Which might be like two a.m. your time. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And then they're sending emails. Where are you? Why aren't you on the call? Right. Yeah. So that was like, you know, rookie mistake because she doesn't schedule a lot of calls. I usually schedule stuff for her, right? But she's taking over and scheduling more and more calls, you know, with some of our international clients now. And I was like, okay, this is how you have to do it. <laughs> Google is your best friend. <laughs> yes. You always give the time in the client's time zone, mm -hmm. figure out what their time zone is, figure out the conversion, look it up. You just go, so we're, in, I, I'm in Pacific time zone, mm -hmm. right? Dominica, you are in mountain time zone, right? So there's mm -hmm. a one hour difference, right? So yep. if, if I was to schedule with you and I wanted to schedule a call and it's 12 noon for me, right? Mm -hmm. And it's 1 PM for you, I would schedule a call with you and I'd say, I am going to be meeting with you at 1 p.m. your time, mountain time, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that is how you schedule a call. You don't even mention your own time zone. It'll just throw them off. These people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I see that in emails sometimes when the client will say, okay, let's meet it. You know, like, I mean, the one hour time difference, for example, it's like, okay, I'll see you at noon Pacific and I'll see you at one. And then my brain just kind of quick scans it. And then I'll forget like, wait a minute, was I, was it my noon? Was it theirs? And so just, yeah, put one time in an email, make it easy for, for people to grasp. 
I'll get emails where people will be like, they're not even aware of their, of people being in other time zones. Yeah, I know. I'm available from two to four, two to four. What time? What? Where are you? Where do you live? <laughs> like, I have no clue. <laughs> right. I know. I know. You could be in Australia. What's who knows? Right. Yeah. So you have to realize is as you grow and build your audience, your audience that you're dealing with is global. Clientele is global. So you have to communicate on these levels and be very clear with people, or you're going to have a lot of miscommunication, a lot of missed appointments. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that both you and I have been able to reduce show like people not showing up for calls Mm -hmm. near zero. It very rarely happens. And when it, when it does it's usually like an actual family emergency or an internet glitch or whatever. It's never the fact that someone just forgot, you know, that's not, that's not the deal. We put things in place to make that happen. So mm-hmm. we weren't actually going to talk about this type of scheduling right <laughs> off the bat. <laughs> we were going to get to this type of scheduling, but this is good to know just as business owners, like how are you scheduling with your clients, mm-hmm. right? It, it's important to schedule these meetings in an effective manner and have follow-up systems in place. Okay. Mm -hmm. Don't just rely on saying, Hey, here's the time. Be there. Mm -hmm. Okay. We have scheduling systems that are in place. Those scheduling systems have email follow-up reminders, sometimes text reminders. Okay. Beyond that, we put it on a calendar that sends that puts it on their calendar. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So all of these things play into the kind of puzzle piece of how do you get someone to show up for a meeting? If you don't do these things, if you just expect someone to remember and show up, your show up rate is going to be very low. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. make it as easy as possible for someone to remember to show up multiple reminders, not crazy amounts. We're not talking like don't have 15 reminders, right? But have a one day reminder out, like mm-hmm. uh, a one hour reminder and a 15 minute reminder. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's kind of like your max. Don't do any more than that. <laughs> yeah. But don't, don't have just like, you know, Hey, we're here now. You know, if someone's not on after five minutes, then I'll usually text them and, or email them. And I'll just say, Hey, I'm on, you know, even though they've got all the other reminders just to say, and then I'll send them a link in that email, especially if it's zoom, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Here's the link again. Uh, I'm on, uh, see you in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. If they are not on at the 15 minute mark mm-hmm. after that call was scheduled, then it's done. And I've moved on. I think that, I mean, stop me if I'm wrong, but I think I might've been the one to tell you that early on where I was like, I give people 10, 15 minutes max and I'm out. And I think you were much more lenient. We were like, well, maybe, you know, maybe something went wrong or miscommunication or whatever. And you were really kind about it for a long time until I was like, no, your time is so, so valued. Like we got, it's so valuable. We've got 15 minutes or that is all. It depends, right? Yeah. On how how stacked my appointments are. 
but my, my appointments are back to back all the time. Yeah. So there's no way that I could start a minute, a uh, meeting more than 15 minutes late and stay on track for my other appointments. 100%. 100%. Right? Yeah. So, but <laughs> if, if so, if I, if it's like a client and they're running late for whatever reason, it's different. If they've given I you notice have, and right. I don't have another meeting scheduled after, then sometimes I'll let it slide. But usually it's because of, like you said, oh, there was an emergency. Oh, like something happened. It's not a matter of, oh, they forgot. It was like, hey, I did like take my kid to the hospital type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, of course, there, there's the already established clients where you've got to like, you're building relationships with these people, of course. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's different. And you're, you're a little more lenient with your, your clients than you are with people who are randomly scheduling. People 100%. who randomly schedule who don't show up, like they don't get other chances. Not at all because they, they didn't value their time enough. So why should I care? Yeah. They didn't value their time. They're obviously not valuing mine. I'm out. So if you're listening to this and you're getting ready to schedule a call with either myself or Rory, better be there because there's or with, not with many any, opportunities for doing. any business owner, right? Like take it seriously. Because their time's valuable, your time is valuable too. If you, if you are going to book that time, be serious about it. Okay. Did you already mention the software that we like to use? You mentioned already. I did not. <laughs> I've tried many different types of calendar schedule software to see what worked for me, and Rory and I ended up landing on Schedule Once. We both we both love Schedule Once because we can integrate our calendars together. Because Rory and I have overlapping clients. And we also do the podcast, right? So I can look at his calendar and it shows me when he's available and then it will show me my availability and see where can we plug in a meeting so that we can do the podcast just like we're doing now. So that's a really great tool. And it's got all the follow-up series that Rory mentioned, text messages, and it's just very user-friendly now. It wasn't in the beginning, but now there's their systems. We've been using it for so many years. Yeah. In the beginning, the first, when we first set it up, it was kind of like, wow, this is very tech heavy, but they've, they've made it a little easier, but yeah, we've used a lot of other calendar systems, tried to figure out how do we make this easier? And there's some good ones. And if you have simpler needs, you know, there's some free ones and some ones that might be, you know, a little lower price, but for our needs and the complexity of what we do with overlapping calendars and, you know, needing to have multiple calendars that do different things for different purposes. Schedule once has been really great for both of us. Yeah. So highly recommend it. We'll put a, we'll put a link in the show notes for you guys to make it easy for you to, for you to go check it out for yourself. I don't think they even offer an affiliate link. Like that's how much we like schedule once. Just go check it out because it's a good <laughs> product. They don't need an affiliate link. Like we know we're good, but let's see. All right. So now that we've established how important it is to understand the time zones, you know, if you're not sure what time it is in France, go Google it right now, you know, and then you'll yeah, know. You can, you can just type, literally type in like, like I was saying, 11 AM Pacific to time in France. And a lot of times it'll just like tell you right in Google without even having to go to any page, you know, mm -hmm. page or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It'll just tell you in Google what, what the time is in France. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, so it's that simple now. It didn't used to be that simple. Like a few years ago, it wasn't that simple, but you know, you had to 
figure out the conversions and all that. But now it is. Google's made it super simple. Google's your friend in that way. Google is our friend. So a large part of scheduling for success is keeping everything organized. So depending on how many different calendars you have, like I, I use an iPhone. So I've got my Apple calendar. I've got my Google calendar because that's what the majority of my clients will use. So I have to link all these things together to make sure that I'm getting everything. So if you're in a position like me, where you like one operating system over another, just make sure you link it all. Because if you're not organized, then you're going to be making an appointment over here on your iPhone and forget that you actually have to sync it up to your Gmail. Like it's a whole, your G calendar, it's a whole thing. So stay, do your best to keep organized in that way. Yeah. Linking calendars, again, much easier now than it was before. I had to have all these major integrations that Mm -hmm. send things back and forth. Now you can just click a few buttons and it'll do it. But, you know, because we have all these different calendars with like Apple Calendar and, and Google Calendar, you know, what it'll do is you put it on one calendar and it'll pop up on both calendars. And that for me, when I I'm using Apple calendar on my computer, but I'm using Google calendar on my phone, I can just put it on one. And then within a couple of minutes, it's on both. And then, and then it books it out on schedule once and it's scheduled, it's blocked on schedule once. So that schedule once no one can go on my calendar and schedule anything for that time. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it so great between all the integrations. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about why someone would want to, schedule in the first place, like foundationally, like, you know, because like for me, when I first was like starting my agency and like coming out of like what we were doing in music, like you remember when we were scheduling music stuff, mm-hmm. we just be kind of like, Hey, yeah, we'll meet this time. And we kind of like show up and do our thing and we'd work till whenever. And yeah. until we were tired. Right. And then we're like, okay, I'm going home. And, and then, <laughs> And then I'd work for a few more hours and then we'd yeah. be, and then you'd like show up again the next day and like, he'd be like, ah, I think I'll be over at noon. You know, <laughs> we, we would pretty much work until we just couldn't keep our eyes open anymore. And, yeah. or it wasn't safe for me to drive. It was like, I need to go home. <laughs> it's, <laughs> this is it. So yeah, that that's, that's old school scheduling for you. Yeah. And, you know, but we were kind of like locked into that, like a little bit more free form, like, oh, you know, we'll just make it work. We didn't have to keep track of so many things. When my agency started taking off and all of the phone calls and meetings and things I had to do started becoming really concrete. Mm -hmm. I was like, I need to figure out how to live by a calendar. And if I, cause if I don't, this whole thing's going to fall apart. There's so much that you have to remember when you get to this level, not only with work, but then you've got your family (laughs) and like, and I literally have on my calendar scheduled. It's blocked off for an hour every day of like my time. Like (laughs) this is my time where nobody can schedule anything. And my phone even has, as a, for those of you who have an iPhone, I don't know if if your Android does this, do you have a pixel? What phone do you have, Rory? Android? Uh, it's a one plus. Okay. There's a great feature on the iPhone where I can silence all calls too. It's like, it's just a button where it's like here for this whole period of time, straight to voicemail. And that's so glorious. So yeah, there's, there's some great systems like that. Yeah. So how, how do you actually start living by a calendar? 
Well, the first thing is to actually start putting things on the calendar, things you do consistently every day. We do things consistently every day. That's number one. Okay. So maybe you wake up at the same time every day and you eat breakfast. Well, okay. You could put that on your calendar. Maybe you shower at the same time every day. Now, maybe it's a little different on certain days. Well, you still put that on the calendar. Just put it at the time. Some people's schedules are are locked in because they have to wake up at certain times because of their kids or because of uh, work or because of meetings that they already have pre-planned, right? That's that's fine. But you just adjust based on that, right? 100%. Something else I wanted to say, though, is I'll put kind of silly things, like obvious things on my calendar, just so I can check it off and have that sense of accomplishment where it's like, Hey, eat breakfast, check. Because there are some days where like, I, you know, I won't, you know, my day just gets so busy. It's like all all of a sudden it's four o'clock. And it's like, I haven't drank any water today. Like, no wonder why I feel dizzy and crazy, you know? Like, so those reminders come in like drink water and you know take take a walk like get out and do things like my calendar is almost like that annoying secretary that's just like have you done what you said you were going to do I'm like okay so it's okay <laughs> it's okay to schedule ridiculous obvious sounding things if it'll get you to do them in my opinion yeah and then the other thing is to schedule every single meeting that you have you can go back and bill for it if you forgot to write it down later. <laughs> well, yeah. And it, it doesn't matter if you're you're just getting started and you only have like one or two meetings a week, you know, but put it on there because you need to build a habit. It's the habit of doing it that allows you to actually build the system, right? Because there's going to be more that come in. And if you're building out your marketing and building your systems and focused on that, you have a system so that when it gets crazy, you won't have to think about it. Okay. Now, one of the strategies that I use for keeping track and so that visually I need this is that I always put the time of the meeting as the first thing before even what the meeting is. Interesting. That's a good tip. So, for example, I, I was just scheduling a meeting with you, right? And it was for 2.30, right? So I put 2.30 p.m. Dominica. And so when you do that, what, is, what does it do? Well, it reminds you that you have a meeting at 2.30 and it's a bold, it's bigger than the actual time on the calendar. So I can visually see it very quickly that that is there and that's it's a important meeting as opposed to, oh, drink some water. Interesting. That's a really good tip. For me, I put the person's name first and then a bit of information about what the meeting could potentially be about. Like if it's like, if, I, if I'm scheduling with you, it'll be like Rory podcast. Like I know who I'm talking to right away. Cause then my brain can start thinking when I look at it, like, okay, I need to get in like Rory mode, <laughs> Rory mode. <laughs> I like <that. laughs> like beast mode, but it's Rory mode. Yeah. So yeah, we've got we have an opposite way of doing that. That's kind of fun. I appreciate having this conversation together because we, we very much do things differently, but yet we're still able to accomplish a lot. So not one blueprint fits all when it comes to scheduling, right? Like you've got to do what makes sense for you individually, for those of you listening or watching, but the point is just to do it. 
that's with any type of scheduling time management thing. We've always said this from the beginning of the podcast, like day one is it, it comes down to finding the systems that work for you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we give ideas and say, this is what we're doing. This is how I do it. This is how Dominica does it. Right. And, you know, try it out. And if it works for you, use it. If it doesn't work, then try another way. Find the thing that works for you. And if it's wacky and you're like, I don't know, like no one's ever done it like this, but it works for me. Well, work, make it work, right? We use digital because we have so many things going on and we're giving calendars out to people online, right? But if you're a tactile person that needs it printed out, you could still use digital in that way, but you're just going to have to copy it out on the paper every single you know, day or as things come in, or just learn to you know, utilize the digital aspect of it. Adapt to it. There's also yeah. what's I, I sent you, I sent you a direct message on Instagram the other day. I forget what it's called off the top of my head, but it's the new technology where you write on it and it feels like a piece of paper, but it is in fact digital. Hold on. I got to look Flavlin it up. Gave me one of those a few years ago. Wait, who did? Jason Flavlin. Do you, but you don't that. use it. You still just like the pencil paper deal. Well, I like pen and paper for notes because I'm, I'm writing notes and creating checklists of things I need to accomplish for the day, but moving on. It's called remarkable. So it's super, super lightweight. And yeah, you, I mean, it's, it's your handwriting, it's your notes and everything. Yeah. It's, it's like a giant Palm pilot. Remember Palm pilot back in the day? Oh, I thought I was so oh, cool. Yeah, it's just like, it's like a thin little piece of paper that you can write on that. But, but then it like categorizes everything. Yeah. Which is yeah. super cool. I have really, really, really bad carpal tunnel in my right wrist from years of scooping chocolate and rolling and scooping, scooping. And it's just, this wrist is just messed up. Even typing sometimes hurts and signing my name on checks. Like the, the most that I will write, (laughs) this is, this sounds so ridiculous, but the most that I actually put pen to paper ever is like, I'm signing something and that's kind of it. Cause it, it hurts for me to write. So I'm a digital through and through, but for people who need that tactile, get it, get it in your head by writing stuff like that. There's, there's lots of cool things like that. I can't speak to remarkable firsthand, the the product, but I believe my aunt uses it for her business and she, she raves about the one that she has. She loves it. So. Yeah. I'm very much hybrid because I, I do a lot digitally, but I do a lot in my notebook too. I take notes because I understand learning process. And that when we write things that we're learning, we're implanting it stronger by actually writing it. Yeah. And I work better personally from a written checklist than I do from a digital checklist. That's satisfaction. Yeah. But I work better from a digital calendar than I do from a written calendar. I'll see. You got to do what works right for you. So I, I just work with the systems you know, that worked for me. And because all of our systems are integrated and have all our follow-up and everything's connected, it makes way more sense to have digital calendars, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And it's so much, it's so much easier to just, you know, take, uh, like take out your phone and just add like, oh, 45 minute block or a 20 minute block or whatever it is, I'm going to be doing this and then have it go across all your systems. Then trying to write it down on a piece, a piece of paper in a notebook or something 
And then you've got to like search and then you're, you know, someone's emailing you, when are you available? You know, I, I don't know, let me look. Oh, and then you go back and forth trying to schedule it. I just go, here's the link, you know, and, th and then they go, wow, you're busy. You're not available <laughs> for a month. I'm like, yeah, yes, exactly. exactly. Schedule now. Like, we're, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're busy. We run businesses like, <laughs> you know, like that's how it goes. And like, but when people aren't running businesses like, like we do, they don't realize that, that you can be that busy and that you can have that much business coming in. Part of this process of building out the systems in my experience was that I've had to educate my clients quite a bit on that boundary of like, please don't email me asking me when I have time. Here's the link, bookmark it. Anytime you want to set up a meeting, please do so. But I'm just going to email you that same link again, because I'm not going to you know, go back into my calendar and write down all the times I have, because in between that time, when I send you back an email and you get back to me, someone's going to book a spot. So you got to just, here's the link. <laughs> oh, it happens all the time. Cause I have like, I have a few people who, yeah, uh, like friends and stuff who will want to book times with me and I'll still send them like the calendar link because I'm like, if you don't schedule it on the yep. calendar, it, it, like, it gets yeah. booked up and because, and then they'll be like, can you please just tell me? And I'll be like, okay, here, this is available. This is available. And then they email me the next day and they're like, okay. I'm like, sorry, I booked up. It happens that fast. This is yeah. zero exaggeration. I actually have like my best, my best girlfriend. She knows it's bookmarked. <laughs> she will <laughs> book a time with me on my calendar. And it's always fun when those come through. I'm like, oh, sweet. I get like 45 minutes with my friend in the middle of the day to have tea, you know? So <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, but that, that is a life of a very busy, busy business owner. And, and here we are. Like doing this podcast is like my fun time. This is us having fun, people. <laughs> <laughs> and I wish we could do it in person, but yeah. I know. I know. One day when we have our <laughs> private Learjet and we can come back and forth, it'd be perfect. <laughs> we'll do that. We'll we'll try to go live. Know, from but the we're, sky. Both, we're both way too practical to buy a Learjet. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Like it's it's funny to like talk about it, but if I actually had money set aside for that, I wouldn't ever spend right. <laughs> I, you know, I don't enjoy spending money. I just don't. I love to make it. I'm good at it, but I really don't like spending money, especially on myself. Like I yeah. bought, I mean, I, I enjoy buying cars, but I'll buy really nice cars and then sell the, sell the old one. I'm like, you know, it's a constant cycle. So it's not like I'm just sitting here with a bunch of cars. Well, and by I mean, really nice cars, you mean like a new ish kind of car, but to me and, nice. Like, yeah, do you nice, but like it's not like oh, I'm going out and buying like a Ferrari. It's like no, no, no. Like the, the most the most expensive car I've ever purchased is my Forerunner, and <laughs> that you know, and they're pricey. I mean, I looked and looked and looked and looked. I mean, for a new Forerunner is very expensive for the one that I needed. I need for I need four wheel drive to get in and out of my driveway, <laughs> so I had to make the investment. I sold the Beamer, and I tell you that finally sold it. No. Yeah. Bittersweet. <laughs> but here's how to sell a car. I know this isn't on topic. This will be for the blooper reel later, but I did my, my due, my due diligence. And I love my Beamer so much. It brought me a lot of good times memories. I brought my daughter home from the hospital in the car. Okay. Like there's a lot of sentimental value there. 
And the people that ended up buying it loved that story. So I marketed my car as if it was like the coolest thing ever and told that story. And as soon as I like added that sweetness aspect of it, I had, I mean, my phone was going crazy. People wanted it, but I chose this one particular couple because they were gifting the car to their daughter who's graduating college. And I love that. It's like a sweet, a sweet thing. And I ended up getting a really good deal. Like they, it was, it all worked out, but it was, like I said, bittersweet. So yes, in terms of spending money, I'm not good at it. Yeah. Story sells. Yes. Yes, indeed. Stories do sell. And I, I like spending money on making memories. Yeah. So speaking of which, I'm not going to get into too many details. However, you guys should keep listening because Rory and I have some plans some big plans in the works and uh, we're really excited to to share it with you when all the when all the systems are go but we're getting there that's all I'm going to say I'm going to keep it real vague real vague and you guys are just going to have to keep guessing but there's there's some really cool things that we're we're working on for you guys and it'll be nice to to see you in person <laughs> that's the only hint and that's it so back, back to scheduling. So Roy, let me ask you, what would you say are your three ways that you increase productivity in general? Scheduling, productivity, what's the three ways that you say are like the top? Number one, making decisions as instantaneously as possible. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because... Anytime you have to sit around thinking about like, oh, should I do this or this or this? It, it just eats up time. Hmm. Right. So you're saying like intuition, gut reaction, just go, go or don't. A lot of times. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So, and sometimes you have to hone that and sometimes you have to be okay with making the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. If you make the wrong decision, then realize it. Don't keep going down that path. Right. Just because you made the decision, you have to be willing to say, okay, yeah, I messed up. Okay. We need to go back and go the other direction. Yeah. Right. But yeah, just not lingering on your decisions because if you're, I mean, I was thinking about this yesterday about making buying decisions. Hmm. Okay. There's a whole subset of people who just see an idea of a product or, you know, they're just looking for that one thing that needs to be solved and they're willing to pay whatever price that's reason, like somewhat reasonable. Mm-hmm. It may, you know, depending on what, how much it solves for them. But I was thinking about this. I, I was like having this one thing that I was trying to solve and I was like, there's no one offering it. If someone could figure this out and solve it for me. I mean, like if, if they literally just said, I can solve this, it's a thousand dollars. They wouldn't have to show me a webinar. They wouldn't have to show me a sales video. I would just be like, click, buy, done, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't need a, a sales pitch. I just need the solution. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to sit there and read a whole sales page or go through it, right? But that, Which is funny because you're like the webinar guy. <laughs> right. But there's a certain market that needs that. Yeah. They have to sit there, right? And at a certain price point, I'm not going to be doing that either. Yeah. But there's a certain price point where like every person is at, where they're just going to see something that they instantly are thinking about, 
that I, I need that. I want that. I can purchase it. I have the money for it. Mm-hmm. Like it's gonna solve, solve whatever it is that <clears throat> I'm needing right now. Mm-hmm. And when you start tapping into that market and realizing that there's people like that, you have to give them the opportunity to purchase right away. Right. And when we start realizing that decisions are made actually very quickly, a lot of the, the time, mm-hmm. even when I get on a, a webinar to purchase, you know, or because I know it's a sales pitch usually. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I've already decided and it's just, okay, well, I'm just getting more information. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's like, unless they say something really, really stupid, then, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm probably going to be purchasing this. I'm just waiting for them to give me the link. Yeah. Right. I know. I know you and I talk about that a lot where it's like, even if you purchase a course, that model where they give it to you like one video a week, no, give me the entire thing now. I want to binge the course. I'm motivated now to do it. Same that, thing. That's you. That's me. That's not everyone. And that's why yeah. my program is, is spaced out daily videos, 90 days, right? Mm-hmm. I had to explain this to some of our students. What you're offering is a creative process, right? So it, it's it'd be impossible to binge. I mean, it could, but that'd be a lot to do. <laughs> well, it's implement, implementation too, right? Yeah. So what you're doing is you're learning a little bit of information and then spending the time implementing. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to take in a little bit of inf- like a little bit of information, a little bit of information, a little bit of information, a little bit of information. You, if you took in an hour worth of information, but then had seven hours worth of implementation within just one week. Mm-hmm. That's a lot to take in. And then you say, okay, well, yeah, I binged that, that one week worth of content, mm-hmm. but now what now I'm like overwhelmed because I didn't actually implement. Yeah. So it's a totally different model and structure to what is done in traditional, you know, online education platform, you know, models. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. Number three for productivity. For me, it's learning how to be in the flow instantaneously. Like adapting to what's happening. Well, yeah. So like there's always distractions going on. Right. And they say that as soon as you get pulled out of a situation, it takes you 20 minutes to get back into it. Right. So, and and this comes from like, writing books and stuff like that, where people will be like, oh, like, you know, when you start writing, if someone like interrupts you, then you're going to take, it's going to take you 20 minutes just to get back into the the flow of things and get your train of thought and get back into that state. Right. Hmm. Well, what I've found is that if you can consistently live in that state, or just turn on that state instantly, then what happens? Well, you can just start going on an idea. You get you get that idea and you go, oh, okay, I'm going to just do right? And this is how I write books, just standing in TSA lines or at a grocery store or whatever, because I'm just using my free time. I don't have to get into a mindset, right? It's why I wrote songs so quickly still do. Right. You know, I was, I was, I was telling our, our friend Adam the other uh, day, 
And he commented on this, you know, because he, I wrote, I wrote a song for a, a project with him. And I was like, I had three hours and I wrote the song. And he's like, you work really fast. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, I have to. Mm-hmm. There is no place for me to not work fast. I don't have any other time available. In my experience with working with you with music, though, is we kept finding that the faster the flow was, we would go back, like, how can we improve this? But without fail, almost every time it was like, well, the first version was the best or the first, the first time that, you know, yeah, we tried to like overanalyze. Right. Yeah. We're very good at that time back then. Right. Right. We didn't have kids. We didn't have like crazy businesses and we'd sit there and we'd go, oh yeah, like let's, let's revisit this. Let's see, you know, let's dig deeper into this. And like, you're right. Like we could have just. We could have been done with stuff a lot quicker mm-hmm. and that, and as we continued to do stuff more and more and improve what, what ended up happening, well, our process got quicker and quicker. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my process definitely as from a songwriting standpoint to the point now where it's like, you know, just a few hours and I can have a whole song written and it's- done because I'm not, I'm just instantly making micro decisions all along the way. Mm-hmm. And those decisions are just yes or no, yes or no, yes or no, yes or no, yes or no. What's fantastic about that, like you and I have that ability to be able to do it, which is so cool, but we can also do it for like all of our clients. Rory and I have this ability to be able to put like big picture stuff together. It's like we can grab things and be like, okay, we see it really clearly. You need this, 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 and this. Here you go. Let's run with it. Let's let's let's, let's go and, and and make some money. Let's make it happen. Similar, I think, for music. For you, it comes a lot faster. For me, I overcomplicate all the melodies. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just what it is. I would say one of the top the top ways for increasing productivity is having a really good mentor that you keep accountability, like you 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 keep the accountability with meeting your goals, whether it be your personal life goals, your work goals, career goals. That for me, by me having that, you know, it, it keeps me on track for feeling fueled that I'm on the right track, that I'm doing the correct thing. So I think mentorship for me helps keep my productivity levels high because I know that I'm working towards the next thing. So mm-hmm. I recommend that if, if you're listening to this and you don't have a mentor, you're looking for mentorship or whatever that looks like for you, however, that fits into your business plan. You know, that's something Rory and I both do. So you can always reach out to us, but if you, you know, have been thinking about it, ask us, you know, email us, ask us questions because it's life-changing in a really positive way. When you get connected with someone who can help you come alongside you and be on that track to say, yes, you're on the right path or Maybe not. (laughs) Rory's done a lot of for me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. And I don't want to leave people hanging like about like, how do you actually get into that state very quickly? Right. Mm -hmm. We're talking about, well, yeah, I mean, maybe you or I, I can do that quickly, but how do you do it? And there's a couple of different ways. Mm -hmm. One way is just to use what's called the power pose, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So you know this, and it's <laughs> yeah. There's a couple different ways. There's the Superman way where you, you yeah, yeah, put your hands on your hip and you just stand there. 
right? With your chest out, like Superman, and you stand there very awkwardly in this pose for like four or five minutes. Apparently I do that longer. So whenever my husband and I are having conversations, my husband, Chris, I'll do that. I'll just, this is like my natural, like I just kind of stand like this. He's like, are we in an argument? Like what is <laughs> happening? I was like, no, why? He's like, you're just, your hands are on your hips a lot. Like just feeling, <laughs> feeling in my power. <laughs> yeah, but they're like little hacks that you can do to get into state. And the more you do it, the more natural it becomes. Yeah, you're gonna feel really silly in the beginning, but then it just becomes your normal deal. Yeah. Speaking of productivity and appointments, Rory has to go. So <laughs> we're gonna wrap this up, but there's a lot more that we can dive into. So maybe this is part one. What do you think, Rory? Yeah, this could be part one. Yeah. Okay. So this is gonna be part one of, you know, really mastering your scheduling. And hopefully you guys find this interesting. We're gonna have a lot more tips coming up. I mean, I'm looking at like the list that we have to get through and there's just not enough time for for this session. So that's it for this episode, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.